What up? Welcome back to the Millennial Meltdown Podcast. We're in it. Uh, I'm here with Mike Turner. What is good? What's up, man? How you doing? We're out here in Levine, dude. We are. I don't know. Do people know that? I don't want to call you out. No, you're good. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> technically, I'm in Phoenix. Is it technically Phoenix? Which is weird, yeah, because Levine's like one street that way. Is it? Yeah, this is so deep. Weird. Only time I've ever been out this way is when I went to prison in Tent City for 30 days. Shut so, up. You yeah, went to prison in Tent City, huh? <laughs> what was it called? I think it's actually technically jail. Because prison's like, you don't want to be in prison. You wore the pink underwear and all that shit? I didn't have to do that. No, I just did the, the DUI, and then it was like work release, but I got I was in there for 30 days. Oh, you had a DUI? Uh, yeah. It was one of those Classic people. stuff. Yeah, 2010. Have you learned your lesson? Uh, yeah, it took me a decade, but 2020, clean slate, no Deweys. No, I did, I just did the one, Just yeah. this year? Yeah, yeah, just this year I figured, maybe don't do that. Got one like a month ago. Yeah, I, uh, oh yeah, once you get one, I think that you should learn your lesson. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah, it's tough. That's funny, because Ross was just on the podcast, and he was telling me about how he has a DUI, too. Oh, really? Ross, uh, Dinsdale. Yep, he looks like a guy that's got a DUI. Yeah, that's pretty funny. Yeah. yeah. He definitely does. <laughs> yeah, 100%. Looks like a DUI walking. Uh, that was in 2020? Wait. No, no, no. Tw- mine was 2010. That was in 2010. Yeah. How yeah. old are you? I am uh, 33. So okay. I'm barely a millennial. Oh. No, actually, what is the millennial? Uh, you're for sure a millennial. Yeah, I'm definitely a millennial. It's uh, Yeah, you're like just under the cutoff. It's like, well, I mean, now it's changing, right? Because when I started this podcast, I was like, it's from fucking 21 to... 35 or whatever so now yeah. it's like what is 23 it? to 37 because everyone's okay. getting older yeah uh, okay yeah i started this podcast when like millennial was still crazy overused in the media by like just i mean millennials eating tide pods and shit and yeah. I'm like, that's not my generation man Nah. so like that was one of the reasons i picked millennial because it was in the news all the time Yes. And uh, and because I was like, no, that's my generation, and we're not doing that shit. So. <laughs> yeah, I feel like we're lumped into a lot of things. I think that uh, anytime you have, like, for example, that's like a 14-year stretch, right, of people that is yeah. a millennial. That's yeah. so dumb because I know for a fact that I'm 33, but if I talk to somebody that's, like, 28, they have, like, completely different life experiences. Than I am they. 28. You're so 28? Yeah. yeah. So, like, there's things that you loved that I have no idea about. There's totally. that little weird pocket of, like, I think it started with our generations, um, like with the 80s babies. It really started with the technology moving so fast, but like things are just different now. Yeah. So different. Like I, I remember the beginning of Napster. You probably only remember like the end of Kazaa. I for sure. No, I use Napster. Yeah. Well, that's like, I'm a little different in that regard because I have two older brothers. Okay. So, like, I grew up with, like, Super Nintendo yes, and uh, regular Nintendo and fucking... I remember when, you know, my brother got an N64 and, like, I wasn't allowed to play it. Okay. Uh, But, like, I have a lot of friends. Like, my best friends, uh, they're, like, the oldest ones in their household. So, they don't fucking uh, remember having, like, a Nintendo 64. Sure. I was the youngest, so I remember, like, regular Nintendo and shit like that. Like, PlayStation 2 was, like, their first console. Dude, when I got... When we went from... We went from regular Nintendo to PlayStation in our house. So, that was a big uh, come up. Yeah. We were were not that affluent, so to speak. And so, uh, that was, like, a huge thing, I remember. We... Like, what the fuck did PlayStation 1? Yeah. Twisted Metal 1 and 2. Yep. Twisted Huge Metal was Tomb a Tomb Raider. A fucking truck with the head on fire. Yeah. Sweet Tooth. <laughs> there you go. But, uh, 
Yeah, it is. It is wild though. The year, but the you know what I'm saying though. Like the five year differences are like. Oh, it's huge. It's huge. It's different. I mean, you grew up watching different cartoons. Yeah, you I was Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Yeah. I remember uh, Barney was a Did big. You watch like He Man. I know of He Man, but I, didn't, I, I watched uh, Thundercats, Thundercats a lot. Cats, Thundercats okay. is huge. Um, Animaniacs, Darkwing Duck. Uh, what was it called? Jungle. Not Jungle Book, but Jungle Tales or something were you like that. A, yeah, were you a... And then uh, DuckTales. DuckTales kid? Tailspin is what I'm thinking of. Okay. And then DuckTales for sure. Okay. Huge on DuckTales. Yeah. Huge on Batman and Superman, actually. Like, from four to five, WB would play. There you go. It was I think it was Superman first and then Batman second. I'm a big Superman fan. Yeah, and I was I used to fuck with Superman heavy. Yeah. And then, Did uh, you see my tattoo on my leg? No. What do you got? <laughs> you have... Oh, shit. That's a whole calf worth of uh that's superman. a shin of superman yeah what uh did you like the cartoons did you like the movies or what oh yeah i grew up on all like of all the like, shit uh, yeah. yeah superman was always my favorite and then uh i started wearing superman shirts to school in like fifth or sixth grade yeah like, all the time so i had uh um i guess that you would call them technically yeah, just that. pajamas or something and they were like that suit the superman suit yeah um but i would wear it I think my it was my brother's originally, and then it gets passed down to me. Right, I was the youngest. And oh, you're I the wore, youngest. Yeah, I'm the okay, youngest. Okay, so yeah. I'm the youngest too. Yeah, and I um, would wear that Superman suit literally everywhere for like my mom said like maybe a year or two. That's so like funny. to the store and shit like that. I had like yellow boots, so I didn't have the red boots. I had yellow boots, but it matched with the belt. That's funny, dude. And then uh, color scheme was still on point, and yeah. then. Um, yeah, I would ride my bike with it, so I had this Superman cape with uh, tire or not tire marks on. It. I guess it was like chain marks, like grease from the chain, because it would get caught up in the in the bike. Yeah. So um, that's fucking hilarious. Yeah, big Superman guy. Those were huge. I remember that that shit, man. Man, that was like the old. Those cartoons are on like the DC app now. Those were great. Yeah, I remember when Superman and Batman converged because that was like Super Friends. I think. They might, yeah, you did, and you got some other people involved, but like usually it was just these standalone half hours. Yeah. And then I remember there was one time that Batman needed Superman or vice versa. I think it was Superman needed Batman to come through and help because Doctor Doom was like really taking over. Is that an? Isn't that a dude? Doctor yeah, Doom. Doctor Doom. It's like well, one of the worst dudes, right? <laughs> uh, well, Doctor Doom is uh, from Marvel. Who am I thinking so of? So it's probably someone. Dude, it, was, uh, it was somebody w- that was coming from outer space that had like some fucking. Oh shit! Who knows? Flying like, it was it was ominous. It could even be a guy named Doctor Dim for all I fucking. It know. was either way. I remember being like coming back from school, like this could be the day both these cats. That's died. so funny. Like, Thanks, Superman babe. and Batman are dead. You know what I mean? But uh, we're already breaking oh, down. Uh, goodness, DC Thank Comics. You. Oh, this is the best restaurant in are you sure on you don't want to town right now? Are here. you sure you don't want a plate? I'm, I'm good right now. All right. This is amazing though. I love this. Thanks, babe. I love you. This is occurring. <laughs> yeah, try to feed people when they come on the podcast. Food First, is good. Food full is service operation. This here. is great, yeah. Yeah. My uh if I could like if I if I like won a million dollars today, I would for sure use like the you know after tax part like five hundred thousand to fucking start a podcast studio in phoenix yeah that yeah 100 percent. i would love doing podcasts every fucking day the business side of it is tough too you got to be able to grow it i see it in new york oh, yeah you'd have LA to get some lot. celebrities like i'd have to get like some d-backs players yeah, like yeah, archie yeah. to come do one or like 
mm-hmm. you'd have to get some solid people to stick to like a weekly podcast and then like the contractual agreement of like yeah i get 30 percent of whatever it's, the fuck you make it's <laughs> like, just a tough it's just a tough market to make things sometimes stick like that you see it happen in new york and la and then you really think on it you're like well the talent's all there right all the people that they yeah. started with people who already have a fan base y- yes right mm-hmm. yeah or people that started podcast way before anybody trusted it already had that fan base and uh they're already just rolling in that right it is crazy yeah it is but I was going to ask you, is uh, why uh, you have one brother or two? I have one brother and one okay. sister. Oh, and they're both older. Both older. My sister is the oldest, and then br- brother is the middle, and the m- I'm the youngest. Oh, okay, cool. We're all like two years apart. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's like me and my brother, too. Yeah. We're uh, like 22 months apart. Yeah, exactly. I think we're 23. He's October 84. I'm November 86. Oh, there you go. I'm November also. There November you go. 3rd. Nice. November 3rd. That's a good one. Anybody die that day? No. November 4th. It's usually election day, which sucks. I yeah, want yeah, it to yeah. be a national holiday really bad so I can have it off every year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You're, yeah. Not, you're not a Sagittarius, though. I'm a Scorpio. You're a Scorpio. Okay. All right. 11-3. Uh, that's a good one. It's strong. You're a Sagittarius? You're at the end of the month? I'm Sagittarius, yep. Okay. Yep, strong, <laughs> firm, firm. Where is the, the scorpion? Scorpion, right there. Oh yeah, do you believe in that shit at all? Do I believe in it? Not really. I think it's interesting. But I think it's really interesting. I it's read it a lot, and I'm like, oh, that's me. It's like uh, it's been around for like so many years that I'm like, I mean, it's kind of cool. I think uh, the one thing I sometimes uh, simplify the thought with is that we are all made of stardust, as we know. That's fair. And isn't it, big, doesn't uh, it make more sense to compare it to things in the stars? Yeah. No, it absolutely does. I mean, the Mayans based everything on the stars, so. Yeah. And, I and mean, they're not here anymore because they knew better. Yeah, that's fair. They, like, they did the have, like, some here. crazy advanced technology for fucking 10,000 years ago, though, like oh. flowing water through cities and, Dude. like, tons of crazy shit. Some nutty shit. There's some nutty shit with those. Are you a big nerd into that type of stuff? Like I love old history and stuff. Yes, I love old history. That's cool. So I like, uh, like I um, well the my so I always you watch like I, shit on the History Channel, like Ancient Aliens. And shit yeah, like that. Okay. I watch that. I like All the right. guy with the crazy hair. Yeah. I always like the idea that like um, like Egypt and stuff like that, and the pyramids in all over the world, like the pyramids in Egypt, but then also like I've been to uh, Mexico City a couple times, and they have that sounds sick. Yeah, there's some pretty badass pyramids down there, but. I always love how, like, the Egyptian ones, you'll watch the architecture and stuff like that, and you'll see a three pyramids lined up perfectly with stars, which is insane, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And um, they have holes within the pyramids that... Collect sunlight. A certain day, time during the year, the star will align perfectly with or whatever like that. And it'll go all the way through to the tomb or some shit like that, right? Yeah. Like a perfectly aligned thing. And it'll happen. This is now thousands of later. So it'll shit. still happen, right? Yeah. So they did that back in whatever that was before Christ even, right? That was BC. Yeah. And now we have all the technology in the world. And you can have an architect build a brand new home. And he'll still fuck up the cupboards. That's nuts to me. Or like the foundation. Yeah. Like, yeah, this wall is not perfectly perpendicular with that one and but, shit. And we have all the all the technology in the world, but these motherfuckers had none of that. They just had, like, literally somebody whipping them and saying, I'll probably kill your family and 
definitely rape your daughter if you mm-hmm. fuck this up. So maybe we should threaten more architects with things like that. But you know, there's <laughs> you're learning, right on that. You know, maybe maybe that's what it should be. Fucking um, the shit that blows my mind. Like thinking about like all that is uh, how many cultures and civilizations built pyramids around the world yeah. all at the same time. And they're, right. like, the same basic structure. It's, but, like, in China, there's pyramids, in Mexico, in Egypt. Mm-hmm. And so many of them are the exact same shape and structure and match, like, the same star systems. And none of those people could share information back then. Right. That we know of. It's nutty. So, like, how or why did all these different civilizations build pyramids to, it like, the nuts. exact fucking scale? Like, the base, I think it's the base of... One pyramid in Mexico is the exact same size, like, square footage as the one in uh, Egypt. Oh, I didn't know that. Like, it's, like, the exact same size. Like, they're built different structurally, right. but they're built to the same, like, blueprint specifications. <laughs> it's nuts. It's weird. It is nuts. And it's like, why? Well, it'd be like if I just uh, told how? you, Even go build how? a house. Right. Mike, you go build a house. I'm going to build a house. Right. And then we came back and we built the exact same fucking house. Right. Ranch style. Well, I mean, that sounds like most suburbs. Yeah, well, yeah. yeah. But, like, they share the plant. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Isn't it funny that we've actually, we're duplicating uh, ancient pyramids, actually, with suburbs. Oh, we're totally. We're just building the same thing over and over again. Oh, totally. Like, the house next to mine is a mirror image of mine. That's, yeah, you're definitely in a, it's like, uh, cookie I, was, cutter. I think the, uh, I always think of the opening of Weeds. Yeah. Little boxes. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Levine is definitely one of those. Uh, yeah, it's, it's, it gets tough out here. Yeah. <laughs> this is one of those places in uh, Phoenix where you don't come here uh, on. You always come here on purpose. Never. Uh, <laughs> so fucking funny. Never by accident. Yeah. I feel like there's a lot of places in Phoenix that are like that <laughs> for sure. Yeah. It's a beautiful, beautiful community. Honestly, now that uh, now that that highway got finished. Yeah, you it's got a 202 dope. out here now, right? I drive to Chandler in 15 minutes. It's fucking sick. Where's the 202 at? It's like it's on 59th. Yeah. So just right Hit down it, the road. Crush it. It's, it's brand new, too. Yeah, no potholes. Yeah, so going to Improv Mania now is like... It's big. It's like 15 minutes less for me on Thursday nights, which is sick. <laughs> that's big. Is that the <laughs> yeah. open mic night? Yeah. There yeah. you go. Yep. Uh, that's a good little room. Yeah, I like it. Uh, it's like the only open mic... That, like, it's just a stage, like, and it's dark, and it's like you're in a comedy club doing an open mic. Yeah. But, I mean, well, it was at least, but now the Copper Blues one's on uh, Monday, so. Which is nice. That one's dope. Yeah, yeah. You been to that? Uh, just once. Just once. Yeah. You should go every week. I know. I need to, the for sure. The book there. I know. I need to. It's, it's like, but I just started doing comedy, so now we can talk about comedy. Uh, I started doing comedy six months ago. Oh, okay. So... Uh, it, for me, it was something that, like, I, like, thought about doing it back in, like, March. Yeah. And uh, started talking to, like, some comics around and, like, kind of working up the courage. And, yeah, like, yeah. people were like, yeah, come out to the mics. And, sure. like, uh, so I went and, like, watched a couple mics and finally, like, worked up the courage and finally got on the stage in July. Interesting. What made you want to do comedy? Um, I think I've, I've always just been a fan of comedy. And, uh, like, I grew up watching comedy, like, grew up watching ron white and fucking yeah. uh you know larry the cable guy <laughs> blue, and fucking, blue collar uh, yeah blue that. collar comedy tour pe- i own the dvds back in the day people say 
The yeah. best comedy ever. <laughs> no, nobody says that. <laughs> Ron White, though, is one of the best comics ever. Uh, yeah, I love Ron White. I grew up watching SNL. Like, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I was always one of those kids, like, 16, watching fucking SNL at night and shit. Like, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, and I just feel like, I, I, like, was like, I feel like I could fucking do it. Like, I always go to, I've been to so many shows at, like, the uh, Tempe Improv and Stand Up Live and shit. And you're like, I'm funnier than... Ron White. There were, no, <laughs> fucking no. But there was for sure like some openers and shit that I was like, I feel like I could do these. Like I could fucking open this show. Like yeah. why not? Yeah. And so I just worked up the courage and was like, yeah, I'm fucking going for it. Like you know. There you go. Six yeah. months in. So what? Uh, do your uh, do your parents still love each other? It's a big question. I think. Oh, my parents are divorced. Oh, okay. So you could be funny. They're both remarried. Yeah, it could work. Yeah. That's usually my litmus test. That's, that's all so I ever funny. ask people. Yeah, no. If your parents still love each other, it's like, why are you doing this then? My parents got divorced when I was in college. Uh, I went to college at NAU. Oh, wow. I, just, uh, I go up to Flagstaff a lot. I know. I saw it on your Instagram. Mm-hmm. I was there the next day. Oh, really? I went there up on the 26th day after Christmas. Okay, yeah. I dipped. I think I left that day. Probably left that um, day, yeah. Yeah, it was snowy, man. Yeah. I almost didn't get to leave. I saw on your Instagram you were walking around downtown. You go to like the Gopher Hole? No, not it was closed because it was uh, the holidays. So a lot of stuff was closed. Oh, okay. So it was Christmas. So the only thing that was open was um, uh, Irish, uh, not uh, Collins. It's called Collins, yeah. and then um, the Monty B. Oh, okay. Yeah, classic staples. Yeah, I played pool at Gopher Hole on the 26th for like two hours with Sam and there you go. my buddies there. Yeah, they got a decent jukebox. Yeah, you can get into some really hardcore metal in that jukebox, though. Uh, I like metal, so I'm cool. Really? With that. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah, I've been in there one time when somebody had about twelve songs. Yeah, playing. I was like, I might leave. The shirt I'm wearing is from a, a tour that was just at the, what the fuck's it called? Auction Pavilion. Oh, really? Like over summer, yeah. Some forty one and uh, the used and I don't know whoever the fuck is written on the back of the shirt. They do. Uh, do you come up listening to a lot of pop punk? Oh yeah, pop punk's my shit. Yeah, yeah. there you go. I'm a big mm-hmm. pop punk guy. Yeah, I uh, I it was only a window of time when I was really into it, but man, it was the heyday for it because yeah. it was like 1998 to like 2002. Really, was like its peak, I would say. Yep. So I liked like all that stuff, like Mest and like uh, Sugar Cult. Okay. And, yep. uh, Newfound Glory. Yeah. Blink One Eight Two. Yep. Uh, what was the other one? Mid. Uh, Hot Rod Circuit. Remember okay. Them? And then Midtown. Remember Midtown? Uh, yeah, I do. And then uh, brand new, early brand new, though. I'm trying to find my uh, Spotify wrapped. Like, Blink-182 is, like, my biggest artist I listen to of the decade. Oh, really? Yeah. And honestly, they, um, they're pretty damn good. But they I had, know I had one that's on here that's like, you're one of the biggest pop punk listeners on Spotify. Really? <laughs> Whatever, yeah. Hey, pop punk. Like, Fuck yeah. People dealt with 9-11 differently. I dealt with it with pop punk. Yep. You know? Yeah, do you uh, follow, uh, like, Matt Cutchell on Instagram? You know who that is? Mm-mm. You know who that is? No. He brought back, uh, he does, like, Emo is Dead, or Emo's Not Dead. Okay. Uh, he does, like, a bunch of videos. Oh, man. This guy's, like, pretty big in L.A. Maybe I'll meet him. Oh, is he, like, make fun of emo kids? No, he is an emo kid. So oh, okay. Like, he's, like, felt emo again. Might delete later. Oh, okay. And, like, he dresses up as an emo kid. Fucking Spotify ads. Or YouTube ads. YouTube ads, ads yeah. 1917, though. It does look good. It does look really good. You into movies and shit, too? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I just watched... I was thinking about this movie recently. I watched Dunkirk. 
okay. recently for the third, second or third time. Solid. I just watched the Golden Globes. Uh, Sunday night, I was supposed to go do a mic, and I was like, I'm going to stay home and watch the Golden Globes. <laughs> really? Fucking A. Maybe comedy isn't for you, though. <laughs> 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 Those are your choices that you're making. Oh, man. Yeah, no, I need to get more serious about comedy for sure. It's like for this first six months for me, it was really just like, I need to go do this at least once a fucking week and just stick with it and make sure I'm not going to be like everyone else and be like, yeah, I'm not going to fucking do it. You know what I mean? I mean, you should probably try to do it like four or five times a week. I would like to for sure. With a full-time job, eight to five and shit, like I think three nights a week is probably like best I could do. (laughs) I mean, that's what I had up until June. I had a nine to five the whole time. Yeah. And I was, I would feel weird if I didn't have, uh, like four or five sets in a week yeah that's fair that's what i mean that's honestly it's it's kind of uh black and white but that's what it takes yeah absolutely. you never hear somebody like yeah but it took me 20 years to do this i've just been doing one a week yeah absolutely. for 20 years yeah like think about the people that really make it and if you want to be that it oh, takes no a, for sure a certain level of sacrifice and commitment that a lot of people are uncomfortable with making and most people don't want to do it or aren't yeah. willing to do it and uh yeah it's just a matter of being real with yourself oh absolutely yeah for me it's something that like i was like i just got to give this a shot and make sure it's not something that i'm like yeah it was fun but i'm not it's not for me i think it is something that's for me so i need to like hit the ground running with it for sure yeah yeah because you only get this level of exuberance and like excitement about it for a while and then it'll deaden you inside and you'll keep doing it though because you're already in too deep and then you'll get that level of uh, dead inside will uh, rise up like a phoenix yeah, and uh, become the inspiration for everything else. How long have you been doing comedy? Uh, eight, seven and a half. A- April will be eight years. Fucking A. Yeah. That's a long time. Yeah. And all in Phoenix the whole time? or? Um, yeah. I've been living in Phoenix the whole time. And then I've done, I mean, I do shows everywhere. Um I've done, which has been cool. Like this past year, I did uh, my first time out of out of the country. I was in uh, France and England, and uh, did some shows there, which was really cool. That's sick. And then this year, um, trying to get back to Europe, but then I'll be. I go to New York a good amount. I just try to like go everywhere in the country just to make sure my jokes are funny everywhere, which is important. The Midwest is important to be funny there. That's definitely important. Yeah, because that's where real people live. Yeah, I'm going to Ohio for work in three weeks. What part? uh, Columbus. You should try to do a mic. Yeah, I already looked some up. There's one uh, Tuesday night that I'm there and Wednesday night uh, right by where I'll be staying. So I'm looking forward to doing that. Yeah, Ohio is a... It'll be my first time out of Arizona, so... Really? Yeah. Doing comedy? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, You never travel outside of Arizona? (laughs) Never, ever. I know some people. No, I went to Chicago. Never left Sunny Slope. Went to Chicago three fucking times for work last year. So. You didn't do comedy there. I hadn't started doing comedy yet. That's the best city. Yeah, uh, that's not the best, but that's one of the best. Cities. Now that I think about it, I'm like, I wish I was doing comedy back in fucking May when I was there. Maybe, maybe not. Are you? Yeah, so how many? T- so you probably can count how many times you've done it. At this point, you've probably done it what fifteen, like 20 mics. Times? Yeah. If I like tried, yeah, probably done like twenty mics. Yeah. Yeah. How's it feel? In, like six months. Better than the first one, that's for fucking sure. Yeah. I'm definitely to the point now where, like, I mean, I've done, um, like, I did, like, a stir, the Stir Crazy monthly open mic, and that was, like, the first open mic I did with, like, yeah, with, like, an actual crowd of, like, 50 people. Yeah. Which is cool. How'd that go? 
I thought it went well. So um, probably pretty bad. Yeah, it's probably okay. <laughs> um, I thought I killed. No, it's like one of those things. But I like paid for the video and like just watching myself on video helped. And I was like, oh yeah, I need to stop doing that and fucking don't do this like yeah. type of shit. So, I mean, I definitely try to like take it pretty seriously. Like I record all my sets. I listen to them. I fucking take notes. Oh like, really? Yeah, I record it's them on my phone. Me. I just um, do. Yeah. I should probably record and listen a lot more, but yeah. Like, I sat down and wrote and made sure I had, like, a full five-minute set before I even did, like, an open mic. Oh, really? Yeah, and, like, practiced them and shit, and, like, I don't do any of those jokes anymore. They're all terrible. Oh, sure. But I, like, I feel like I, like, uh, I approached it, like, the same way I approach most things. Is like, I'm a fucking, if I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it well. And so I was, like, I don't want to be, because I've seen so many kids, like, do a fucking open mic and just walk off in like a minute and a half because they don't fucking have any jokes to say or anything to say in general. It's tough. I mean, I would say if you like if you never did it again, you'd done something that ninety nine point nine percent of people would never do. Yeah, which is one of them is just publicly speaking. But on top of that, people don't like public speaking. Would never people could be good at public speaking, but wouldn't do comedy. Yeah, that's a different thing. Yeah, because public speaking is easy to be funny in that because nobody expects you to be funny. Right this shit somebody paid money for you to make them laugh right it's like what's no up? one's paid money to see me laugh so far so no nah. other than that one time it's stir crazy i guess <laughs> what they did somebody said that and then what what do you mean no i just oh, mean like i just the, do oh, yeah, open yeah. mics i just mean like, right 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 i haven't done really any like book shows i did that one book show at improv mania with you oh yeah um on the weekend yep other than that yeah it's tough yeah i mean you got to get out there it's a the part of it's just uh, grinding your titties off, and then the other part is like networking and meeting the right people, and then believing oh, yeah. in yourself and putting yourself out there again and again and failing in the right ways. Yeah, it's fucking miserable. I feel like honestly, like I feel like uh, if I started doing comedy at a younger point, though, it w- I wouldn't have it wouldn't worked out for me. Like um, if I tried it when I was twenty four, just where I was in life in general, like okay. I w- probably would have done one mic and just been like, yeah, it was cool. Maybe, yeah. I don't know. But yeah, definitely. I mean, I didn't start till I was 25. I just feel like where I'm at, like, in my life, like, I have, like, a good foundation. And, like, I mean, I'm just, like, I have a full-time job. I have, like, a nice house. Like, I fucking have yeah. my shit together. Um, I just know, like. You've got plenty of yentarillas by you yeah. out here. You can get a used tire within five miles. Of this oh, that's for sure. Like. Anywhere you look, <laughs> For sure. you run into a used tire. And what's funny is I have bought a thirty dollar tire, hundred percent, at a twenty four hour, hundred percent fucking tire. Yantaria. I fucking blew a tire coming home from the Renaissance Festival. Oh damn! Like five years ago on I seventeen. That's deep because that's the other side of town. And uh, yeah, and uh, I just pulled off like right on the first exit. Looked up 24-hour tire place, Bro, drove down there. there. Guy's like, uh, oh, it'll be 30 bucks. And I was like, cool, man. Here's my card. And he's like, we don't take card. Yeah. <laughs> and I was like, In fact, oh, I'm shit. not even here right now. Yeah. And he's like, uh, you can walk down to that ATM down the street. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can drive my fucking car because he's fucking put a new tire on it. Damn. Fucking walked across the highway and like across the street to an ATM at fucking like 11.45 so at night. So you can get funny. You, you can get used tires. You can get good tacos from the same guy, usually. 
Yeah. These are all the same people. Are you from uh, Arizona? No, I'm from uh, you, Cincinnati, Ohio. I thought you were from Cincinnati. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I've lived here for long You're enough to know. You're a fucking Bengals fan. Know the cross streets. Yeah, I'm a Cincinnati Bengals fan. It's been tough, tough life. I think it's a character builder more than anything. Yeah. Um, I've been through more hardships than most people will ever have to. Just okay. being a, a Bengals and Reds fan. And uh, I'm a Cardinals fan, fan so I'm, I'm with you. I mean, kind of, but not really, probably. <laughs> I mean, at least you guys were in the Super Bowl to lose it. Yeah, to the Steelers. Yeah, yeah. And who I fucking hate. We got robbed. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Oh, hundred percent. Oh, dude, that dude's left toe still doesn't touch the end zone. That's what I'm saying, bro. One foot down. I'm with that. I'm with that. Hundred percent. I fucking hate them. I'm a Suns fan too, so those are tough, tough years. The uh, the Robert Ory uh, hip check. Um, you know, horrible stuff. Bad officiating. But I follow baseball and football. Super well. Basketball, I'll watch occasionally. Baseball, okay, so you like the D-backs? Oh, yeah. When I found out Ross was a rally cowboy, I, like, for sure had, like, a fangirl moment. I was like, shut the fuck up, dude. You're the rally cowboy? What is he? He's the rally cowboy for the Dimebacks. What does that even mean? At the Dimebacks game, he's the rally cowboy. The rally cowboy? I don't know if I've seen that. Is that the... uh Oh, he's at all the games. Yeah, he's been on ESPN and shit. Oh. I've met him at a game. And didn't re- didn't connect it? Mm-hmm. I know him. God, motherfucker, dude. Fucking ads. That's bizarre. Yeah, he's That's the rally actually, cowboy. I mean, it's kind of more sad than impressive, but... Yeah, you'll have to go back and listen to my podcast and find out all about it. Yeah. Enthusiastic cowboy. Oh, he goes to every game? Yeah, that's Ross. Not every game, but a lot of them. Yeah, that's Ross. What section's he in? He's, like, down low right there. But he goes all over, so everyone knows him. So, I like, I, he was on my podcast, and I was talking to him about it. He's like, yeah, since everyone knows me, they just let me go down into whatever section I want. Wow. I don't know if I would tell a lot of people that. That's great. It's fucking... Dude, like, he's he gets people fucking jacked up at the games, too. That's wild. Yeah. I have for sure been at several games and, like, high-fived him because he's come in my section. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I love going to Dimebacks games. I'll buy, like, the I, summer pass and shit for, yeah, like, yeah. the cheap tickets. Right. And then just go sit down low, like, four innings in. I used to work at the Fridays up there. Oh, really? For, like, four or five seasons. Because you did like news, right, or some shit. Oh, I did that with them, yeah. But this is like ten. This is like oh eight. Back when Dan Heron and Brandon Webb were there, I was like okay. at the Fridays, just serving as a, as a, a waiter. Really, that shit was dope. Because they were because I would just go watch baseball and then make money on top of it. Yeah, that is cool. Um, but yeah, no, I did uh, I did stuff with NBC Sports last year. Okay, for like a year and a half, and a bunch of stuff with the D backs. Because Tori Lavelle is the homie. How'd you get into that shit? They just, uh, they were looking for somebody and, uh, they needed somebody to come in and audition and they saw some, they saw one or two people and it didn't make sense. And, uh, somebody mentioned my name and I came in and it just kind of worked with what they were looking for. That's sick. Yeah. So it worked perfect. And then, um, kind of started with like just trying to tell jokes on stage about the sports and that was kind of lame, but I knew I had to do that to get like on tv so i was like well whatever i'll do i'll do, keep doing it and i finally told him we were talking about it. i was like just put me in the put me in the um 
in the mix with the fans. Yeah. And uh, we finally did that, and that was like, that was pretty good. That's sick. Yeah, it was fun. Did that a lot with the Cardinals, but then uh, did a bunch with the D-backs, and then I did one with the um, Phoenix Open, the big uh, golf thing, the Waste Management Open. Yeah. We went out there for the Pro-Am, and I was messing with, it was Tori Lovello and uh, A.Q. Shipley, um, some other people. But uh, but Tori Lovello was there, the Diamondbacks manager, and mm-hmm. he was really cool. He was at, he has a good sense of humor. His dad used to work on the Mr. Ed show. Really? The horse, yeah. That's cool. I know. So he had like oh, he grew up in like kind of comedic television world. So he was really cool. So I've talked with him a couple times since. Those guys are cool. That is sick. I've gotten into some cool parties with Archie Bradley and Archie Palooza last year was cool. Really? I got to interview Kurt Warner. That's cool. That was cool. I would love to meet Kurt Warner. I met him and his wife, and then I met Cliff Kingsbury um, at the Pro-Am. The coolest thing was probably being at the Pro-Am last year, and uh, I met Emmett Smith, Jason Kidd. No, huh? Uh, Patrick Peterson, Jason Kidd, man, my fucking brother would freak out if I met Jason Kidd. I know, That's it was so fucking that cool. was really cool, and he was he was pretty chill. Yeah, all of them were like, you always want to, or you you never want one of them to be just an asshole. You like, uh, you know, never meet your heroes type mentality. But they were all pretty cool. Emmett was the Emmett to me was like, I got chills meeting Emmett Smith. That dude was just I don't know it's as Legendary. as early as I can remember. Yeah, That's sick, dude. So that was cool. Yeah, I've gotten to do some cool stuff here in Phoenix. That's fucking dope. Yeah. Yeah, I would fucking love to get... Uh, I've always told my fucking fiancé, Sam, that I'd love to get like uh, a job at like a news agency or fucking somewhere doing shit like that. Because, uh, I mean, I got a degree in film. Okay. And uh, like I always wanted to do like camera work somewhere or like some shit for someone like looked into radio jobs and stuff. Yeah. But as like my income's gone up doing what I do, like I'm a consultant yeah. and I stay at home. Yeah. I'm like, it's really hard to walk away from my like six figure salary and 100%. fucking like fucking do something like that. So hundred percent. The more money I make, I'm like, it's, uh, it's like so hard to be like, yeah, I'll totally take a $35,000 a year job. I'm like, <laughs> I just walked away from a six-figure job. Yeah. And now I'm doing comedy. That's dope, though. Yeah. It's insane. Most people would think uh, it's crazy, but yeah, I did that this year. It's sick. Yeah. I mean, sometimes you get to do what you want to do. Yeah. At the end of the day, I don't ever want to be doing something uh, that I don't care about. And you're good financially doing that? Yeah, so I had uh, figured it all saved, out. Yeah, saved up a little bit, and do you want another beer? I might grab one. Yeah, give me one. But yeah, I've been uh, been able to make it work financially. I'm trying to stretch that, stretch the money, and then if if not, I'll just start going back to you know moving oxy or um, you know getting these pain pillars moving again, and you know really really make money in the suburbs the right way. Or the white way, I should say. I don't know you well enough to know if you're joking or not. (laughs) (laughs) No, I just don't like... uh, I had the the job I was good at that. It was a sales job, but I just didn't like... I don't know. I'm from Lake Havasu. I'm not judging. I like to party, so... Yeah. (laughs) But I just didn't want (coughs) to... I don't don't know. Something about a job that you know is not about you. Yeah. 
like being in a in a job that <coughs> excuse me like waking up and doing something that you know if somebody didn't tell you you had to do you wouldn't have done oh absolutely that's so every job that. i've ever fucking had yeah yeah so i hate that and i think that i have a unique skill set to be able to potentially make shit work on my own without having to ever be told what to do or if i am being told what to do it's hopefully being told to do something that i already like and willingly yeah yeah, yeah. So. that's how i feel about every job i've had people are always like do you like your job i'm like it's a job like yeah. it pays the bills but yeah i like doing creative shit like that's i mean that's a big reason i got into comedy is because i've written comedy screenplays i've written okay. short films um I mean, I submit fucking scripts to contests and shit online. Like, okay. done okay in some of them. Gotten, like, semifinals and finals a couple times. That's awesome. Um, but, like, my biggest thing is, like, everyone's like, what, what's your, like, ideal job? And I'm like, I want to fucking make movies. Like, yeah. I want to fucking sell a movie. I want to fucking... Really, I would <laughs> like to direct a movie. And that's, yeah. like, what I'm... I've, like, been talking to a couple of my friends that are in film production down here. And uh, I have a script I really want to film. So I just talked to, like, a makeup artist girl yeah. about doing it. And uh, that's, like, my next, like, kind of goal in my life, like, creatively is doing, like, a short film and actually, like, doing, like, a solid, like, 10, 15-minute short film and, like, submitting it to uh, yeah. film festivals and shit like that. I mean, the thing is, you can do it so much easier now than oh, you yeah. used to be able to like you could easier than you 10 could years do it all college. you could do it all on your phone mm-hmm. um i got the 11 and that shit hits different yeah it's like crazy with the the videos and stuff like that that you can do the quality of um video that you can get with something in your hand and just stay in, oh, your, yeah. in your pocket you all can't the time, even so. tell the difference between a phone camera and like a high production camera it's nuts a lot of the times these days it's nuts so um but i say that to say i mean sometimes it's just like a matter of doing it yeah just do it yeah and that's like uh i mean that's a big thing with anything right like podcasting fucking comedy anything it's like you just got to put in the fucking work and hours and fucking make it happen mm-hmm. it's like the biggest thing like uh like i feel like i'm 28 and like going to open mics and shit so many people are younger than me they like talk to me about shit you know what I mean? They're like, yeah. what advice do you have? I'm like, dude, I've been doing comedy less time yeah. than you fucking have, but I'm seven years older than they are. You yeah. Know? So I'm like, dude, you just got to fucking, you got to put in the time. Just you got to fucking, fucking work at it. You got to definitely put in the time. Yeah. yeah. 10,000 hours, all that shit. Yeah, right. <coughs> and it's like open mics are five minutes at a fucking time. So yeah, the math doesn't really work out that well. No. But. Like, uh. And that's why, like, I mean, people do, like, hosting and shit like that. And they try to host their own open mics to get more stage time and shit like that, you know? Yeah. I mean, that's part of the grind out here. In Phoenix, especially. You got to do your own shit. I was producing, at one point, like, three different shows. Yeah. So, and I'm going to leave town, and I'll probably still come back and produce one on a monthly basis. That'd be cool. Yeah, just little pop-up secret shows. But And how did you... Yeah, I saw you get into that secret shows. I started reading up on that because I saw you post about them. It's pretty yeah. cool. I thought about signing... Because I saw on the website you can sign up like a location. Yeah. Like my backyard or even my fucking living room downstairs is fucking a perfect location to set up a mic and a fucking... I mean, I could do a secret we show. Could do, you want to do one at your house? How I many would people, love to. How many people... Do you have a pool or anything in the back? nothing so we go look at it after yeah, yeah we can't now i'm saying how many people you think you could fit back there seated a hundred really yeah you could have a wedding in my backyard 
Interesting. Yeah, yeah, we can do one. We don't have chairs, but yeah, I, ha- I got a chair guy. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. No, I would love to. That's do what we do. I just, I'll just, dude. I'll, we literally just need the space, and all we do is we set it up and we market it the right way, That'd and people come sick, out. Dude. Yeah. Especially if I could hop on the mic and do five or seven minutes. No, nah, like, I wouldn't. Don't get too, psyched. don't get too ahead of yourself. Oh, okay. No, come okay. On. <laughs> no, but I mean, definitely, we could do that. That uh, it's called Don't Tell Comedy. Right. And it uh, started in L.A. with uh, my buddy Kyle Ka started it. And, uh, yeah, I think it started like 2017 maybe, and it's okay. already only, you know, barely three years going. And uh, last year we were in like 50 cities. Shut up. That's sick. Yeah, they did a lot. Like, there's uh, some metrics. I don't know. I, I, I'd i be lying if I started rattling all off, but it's a yeah. crazy amount of total shows that they've done, like That's thousands of shows. and. Um, I would do one like semi monthly, like six a year here, dude. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. A, it's a it's a uh, my backyard is fucking perfect. Really? Me. Yeah. Is there? A, and then you got to figure if there's people in Levine that want comedy, probably right. You would think. I don't see why not. People people go to open mics in fucking Goodyear, so yeah, right. So it could be that'd um, be interesting, but yeah, we uh, we usually go places like. Like, we can go to a home, but then uh, some of the cool spots we've done, we did a uh, tattoo parlor in uh, Gilbert, and then we've done uh, a couple of, like, CrossFit gyms and some yoga studios and shit like that, so That's we've done sick. some really cool spots, yeah. yeah. The only thing I wasn't sure on is, like, providing people a bathroom. Yeah, that they is. They could just come into my house like fucking guests. They could, yeah. That's that, what I thought in my backyard, though, because I was like, well, people can just go through my fucking side gate well, and, like... Yeah, so we had... Yeah, right. But. And then we had, we did have one at a, somebody's house, and they, we just told them that they had to use the bathroom at the gas station down the street. Oh, there you go. <laughs> but I don't think there's anywhere to walk around here. You got to tell them to go get the ATM where you get the cash for the Yantaria. <laughs> right, yeah. Oh, no. Yeah, they could use my bathroom downstairs. Yeah. That's just the only thing is, like monitoring strangers coming in my house i guess yes 100 percent. Well, we got all that insured it's uh <laughs> no don't tell has been cool so it's if you're listening and you're interested yeah just go to don't tell com, and then you can like get on the uh there's a email list that you get on which is kind of an old school approach but it still works um and then if it, it is uh, not that old school i promise you yeah right I'm a marketing consultant. That is true. Email is still the way to get to people. So what I do is help people uh, automate emails. Oh, really? That's my job. Well, yeah. there you go. You shouldn't meet these guys. So um, <laughs> yeah, you probably hook them up. Yeah, huh? I get. I know the guy. <laughs> and then if you get on the email list, they'll email you whenever there's one in your area. And, I am for um, sure on the email list. Yeah. So like, look, I know Atlanta's a big hub for it. Yeah, Boston's Chicago, huge. Denver, Austin, Denver. Yep. So all the major cities, and then even like small cities. Like I've done. Uh, yeah, look at Cincinnati's got one. Shout out to Cincy, Fort Collins. Yeah. So yeah, this is it's sick. fun. We just did one last month that was like uh, four different locations in two days. That's sick. And uh, yeah, it was a lot to put together, but it was really really cool. It all worked out really well. And over the four shows, we had like 250 people come out, and we had some people from LA, some comics from LA pop in, and um, some locals too. So That's sick. Yeah, it's really cool. It's probably one of the. I mean, honestly, it's a very unique way to experience comedy. Just a place where, like, if you you think of a business or something like that, that you would never see a comedy show. Yeah. And then we turn it into a comedy show. Yeah. That's the nice thing with comedy too. It's like 
so easy to just pop up a show. I right. mean, you really just need people. Yeah. Is the most important like thing. Dave Chappelle bringing a speaker to the fucking and really, Central yeah, Park you, or whatever. Right. You just need a speaker. Yeah. And um, the lighting is, you know, key. But, um, yeah, I've figured out. It's, it's been interesting doing it because you realize the small, important things, right? Like yeah. the lighting or where the stage is or how condensed the seats are. Yeah. Um, what the vantage point of all the, um, the onlookers is and stuff like that. Yeah. Yeah, that is sick. I've never really thought about uh, all the ins and outs of, like, putting on a comedy show. It's Yeah, it's a lot. I mean, I've produced quite a, <clears throat> quite a few now. I was evol- involved in some more intense uh, production levels. Like, we did a show called uh, Literally the Worst Show Ever um, yeah. that ran for, like, four seasons. Um, that was insane because that was, like... Uh, I mean, there was probably a three and a half year period of my life where um, every single Saturday um, at noon, I was in a meeting for that show for, you know, three or four years straight, something like that. So, like, that's kind of the commitment. That was the production behind that, which is nuts. We had to write the show. It was like if, if like, if you would think about Saturday Night Live, but if every um, sketch had a through line and um, there was stand-ups between each sketch. So okay. it was kind of like that. It was a three-part act, or three-part, three-act play, I should say. Yeah. Um, weaved in with stand-up in between, and then um, that was wild. And we would, the production behind that was quite extensive, just... Um, but that was also a Crescent Ballroom, and it started at Valley Bar. So, like, the setup of the room was already set up, but, like, uh, the production behind that was nutty. And then you, you take that type of production level. <clears throat> that's where I started doing I, – I always did my own, like, comedy shows and stuff like that. But then going to that extreme with production, then you learn, like, everything. Then you really just think about shows in a different way. You consider – how the audience experiences things, how um, you should present things, how you should gain, like, uh, gain energy or, um, like, enhance the interaction of the comedy and stuff like that. Like, um, you know, just little fun things on the front end of the show. Like, the host, uh, Anwar Newton, was usually the... He was always the one that started the show. Mm. So sometimes he would do things, stupid things, like we'd tape things under people's seats in the audience, and then somebody would have to go under it and see if they won. And it was a fucking bagel with cream cheese or something stupid. Yeah. <clears throat> but or one time it was something crazy. What the fuck did I put under people's seats before? I've taped some wild shit under people's seats. Really? Like, yeah, like a like a egg McMuffin or something like that. You know, like that's pretty great. <clears throat> yeah, that'd be an amazing thing to get, right? But um, fucking handwritten coupon for a back rub. And yeah, hundred <laughs> percent. Yeah, a promise of a future J O. Yeah. Um, right. <clears throat> but um, yeah, the uh, production of shows it simplifies though when you go to the more complex, and now you do that. Like I do this week sucks tonight, right? Right. So the production of that, we go to different venues with it now, and so to be yeah, able. Congratulations, to, by the way. Thank you. Yeah. So we're going to the comedy store. The comedy like, store. Yeah fucking comedy mecca on the west coast so i mean it's the mecca i think in the world um you talk yeah i gotta ask you all the naive questions of like how that came about and uh, all that shit so how did you guys start 
I mean, I don't know if you've been asked this question a million fucking times. Oh, no. How did you, like, start that show? And how did you... I mean, just going off of, like, you've had multiple shows at different venues and shit. How do you go about that? Like, how did you get your show into these fucking venues? How did you get This Week Sucks Tonight into stand-up live every week and shit? Yeah, so, um, I mean, the show... Um, so, it all starts, like... Literally the worst show ever was uh, a relationship we had with Crescent Ballroom and um, Valley Bar, which is the same owners, right? And then Van Buren. So it's all under um, the same ownership. So all those things are, are aligned. And those are the best live music venues in Phoenix slash like the fucking country. They're like some of the best live music venues in, in, in the country as far as how often their shows are sold out and the type of talent they get and shit like that. Like, so if you're ever in Phoenix or you're listening to this outside of Phoenix, Crescent Ballroom, Valley Bar, Van Buren, those are the, those are where you need to see your favorite band. If they're there, go fucking see them there. Yeah. I've been there yeah. several times. Yeah. A hundred percent. So, um, we had that relationship through literally the worst show ever, which was, uh, kind of the brainchild of Onwar Newton and then Dan Thompson. And I was a writer in that and stuff like that. So, the guys that um, that ran that came up to Alma one time when I was sitting with them, and we were just at Crescent Ballroom late night, and they said, well, we'd like to have a late night show here. They're thinking Thursdays, we want to keep people there. It was like a really an easy business proposition for, on there, and they were like, we want to have a show that keeps people in, the <clears throat> in Crescent Ballroom because when the show ends, they just leave. Right. So he wanted to keep foot traffic there, have something to offer them in the front room, he was thinking of a show, late night show, blah, blah, blah. And uh, all of a sudden, like, fast forward, like, five days later, like, the calendar came up for Chris Barberman. They'd already had us on the, um, it was on the calendar. And so, at that point, Anwar reached out to me and he was like, dude, they put that, remember that conversation we were kind of half-ass having? Like, they put yeah. that on the thing. <laughs> so, that show kind of just started from that, which is nuts. And it's evolved over the years into uh, a very sharp show written show about um you know we we cover the front end of the show is covering news and politics and current events and pop culture and shit like that in a very kind of fucking callous way like we don't give a shit oh i love it it's uh it's per it's it's the exact type of humor that i have (laughs) yeah how would you describe it i'm always curious oh uh how i would describe it uh like this week sucks tonight it is like an R-rated version of uh, like last week tonight with John Oliver. Yeah, it's uh, a weekend update or something. Right. It's yeah. It's more like weekend update, but like it's shit that people actually think and would say rather than the, the lens NBC, of NBC. Yeah. Right. Cable version of it. Um, and that's like the type of humor I have, like pointing out like how fucked up situations are, or like yeah. The um, the contradiction of things like yeah. um, you know this happened today, but did you forget about this stupid shit? Like you right. fucking retards. Yeah, like we like calling people out on how dumb people are, or how d- it's not even how dumb people are; it's just how dumb all of this is. Yeah, how dumb your, is uh, all this shit is. At your last show that you guys just did, the the decade wrap up. <coughs> Um, I was sitting like right in the front over by you on the left. And, uh, every time 
you uh, made a joke about 9-11 or like uh, you were like, uh, shout out to uh, the Midwest for fighting all of our wars or whatever. <laughs> yeah. I was just dying, dude. I was like, oh, my fucking God. It's so true. You weren't dying as much as those kids from the Midwest were. <laughs> there you go. But <laughs> so fucking funny, dude. <laughs> like, that's the type of shit I love. And you guys did the whole decade wrap up. which yeah. I was like, this is so fucking great. Dude. Well, because we, we never I was thinking about it, I was like, we've never had the opportunity to do that. Yeah. We've only done the show since 20 uh 18 no 17 2017 and uh so we 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 started the show right when trump got inaugurated it was like the week of okay so we've we've only done the show in the lens of the the trump administration which has been fun um and some people like well that's probably easy it's like it's actually kind of harder because like first of all every joke is already made the joke yeah Yeah. the joke's already been made 10 times out of 10 so we're only on a weekly basis. And then also, like, it's just not that fun to really make fun of them that much. It's not that f- – it's it's sometimes they – people do it to get on their soapbox and shit like that and make a yeah. point. So the angle that we've been able to take and I, I've been able to really hone in on is the um, – I mean, the fact that – so Anwar is a black male from the inner city of Baltimore. And we – I kind of took that and I ran with it and I created this character that's kind of – you could call it like Colbert-esque, right? In the the Colbert Report type years, where like I'm this, I'm pretty much the white Republican male um, that does not have emotions or shows empathy for others or anything like that. And it's really, yeah. but it's really based on, but the humor that can be brought up with that is so boundless. And I think that we don't, the show doesn't ever like take, um, and that it's we've been complimented on this before from really good comedians that have watched the show they always say that they're not you're not taking the low hanging fruit right and there is low hanging fruit everywhere in this current time in in any era of comedy but we um it's very it's very cerebral you need to understand the levels of which we're fucking with you right um and you can't you're making a current event joke but you're also bringing in like pop culture into it and it's like if you don't understand either of those references and this, this isn't for you. And then, but also we're bringing up like there's a degree of it where we're talking about class warfare. And oh, like, absolutely. Uh, blatant and subtle racism. Yep. We're definitely doing that, and but we're not doing it in this like, oh, the black dude loves like uh, has a bigger pe- like we're not making these like stupid lame uh jokes about black people we're trying to make like deeper jokes about how white people actually do really think about black people and yeah and it's very dismissive <laughs> you gave anwar that fucking yams <laughs> <laughs> yeah i gave him i gave him sweet candied yams it and brandy so fucking because, funny, dude. because that's what black people like <laughs> and he drank all the brandy you're like i knew i knew this was like the perfect gift for yeah you, so. and he didn't give me anything because you know that's very classic um <laughs> so fucking funny dude. The, so that type of shit um is always on our brand so that was a long way of saying kind of what the the show is but um yeah so the show was so good I, i've i've loved the show and i've always really thought that it very highly of the show even from before probably before it started and so i've always been very staunch on like getting it uh you know i was like this is a tv show and so i started filming it like a tv show i got um people around us that had it was a mevo at first which kind of didn't do the job well um and then we got like three different cameras set up and got a thing called uh what is it called something studio um 
I got this. Uh, it's pretty much a, a platform that, that you can live stream and switch between each camera angle and stuff like that. Oh, yeah. Produce it almost like a like a TV show. Yeah. So we do I could do that on here if I didn't if I had more people. Right. And so that's the other thing. So I got more people. Yeah. We have more people and um you know a buddy of our Dustin and then we've got Compton and a couple of people that help us with camera stuff and uh still need more people but you can't rely on that many. And um so we started filming it like a television show and putting it on YouTube and Facebook. It really didn't pop off from that. And then um I was kind of just like, well we got to put this elsewhere. And so there was a festival, uh, Big Pine in Flagstaff, okay. and uh, Hillary Hudson reached out and asked us if we wanted to be on that, and we took that, and from that we put it in front of uh, the festival, and then there was two people there that ran other festivals, and those two people actually ended up being on the show, which is kind of random. I don't know if we set that up or we asked for them or whatever. I thought we knew them uh, beforehand. It was Richard Douglas Jones and uh, Shadi Diaz, and they both were on the show, and they both run separate festivals unbeknownst to us and they were like damn we got to get you on our festivals that's sick so it's kind of snowball right so then all of a sudden you're in flagstaff and then you get invited to memphis and uh north carolina and so we did that and then it really was re- well received everywhere and so i actively started kind of putting it in front of more people one of the, my biggest goals last year was getting uh high plains is one of my favorite the denver is one of the best comedy scenes in the world yeah and High Plains is one of the best comedy festivals, ran by Adam Caton Holland and uh, a couple other people. But um, I knew Adam, and um, I worked that angle, and he ended up accepting us into the High Plains Festival uh, end of last year. And then um, it was the beginning of last year. I worked with Pauly Shore one time, and uh, this guy that I had known from All Things Comedy Festival. So that was the other thing that happened in the years 2018. The All Things Comedy Festival is a thing ran by Bill Burr and Al Madrigal. Yep. And they did a f- podcast festival here in Phoenix, and we were invited as the only local show to be even Shut featured up. on that. That's yeah. sick. Yeah, so it was like something with like Ari Shafir and Bill Burr was there. and That's so um, fucking cool. Burt Kreischer, Bo- Brody Stevens, stuff like that. R.I.P. So, yeah, Brody, Brody was uh, good. He was a good man. And uh, he was on the show. He was actually on our show that we really? did at the All Things Comedy. Dude, that's fucking cool, man. Yeah, he was a good buddy of, uh, of mine. And um, he... Uh, yeah, see, like, I was a huge comedy fan, like, before I even got into comedy. So, oh, like, really? When Brody passed away. I'm like, yeah, like, I've I've listened to Joe Rogan for fucking eight years. <laughs> like, I remember when Joey Diaz and, like, Burt were on it and, like, no one fucking knew who they were. Right. And, like... Yeah, like, I was always into comedy, so, like, now getting into comedy and doing it, like, it just feels so natural for me, like, in that level of, like, fucking, people are like, yeah, have you listened to this comedian? I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, yeah dude. I fucking love for that. For eight yeah, years, yeah. like, <laughs> sorry to interrupt for, you. No, first time I ever saw Brody was, uh, like, eye-opening for me. It was, like, um, it was, like, something I'd never seen, uh, I never understood comedy could do that, or comedy could yeah. just be that way. He was just, uh, he was one of my, immediately one of my favorite comics to watch. I remember the first time I ever saw him was at Stand Up Scasta, like 2013 or something like that, 2014. I remember I was like, you need any weed? I'll get you some. He was like, he's like a great dude. He was like, yeah, blah, blah, blah. I got him, got him at eight that weekend and we kind of like linked up that weekend. And then wasn't we, that the best thing when weed wasn't that available back then? Yeah. And you were like, hey, bro, I can get you some yeah, weed. And yeah, people yeah. were like, fuck yeah, instant friendship. I know. Like, so we did that. That was a quick link. <laughs> I took hey, actually. Did you want to hit this, by the way? Uh, yeah. I'll hit that. It's uh, actually a uh, four to one CBD. 
So oh, it's, okay. it's mostly CBD. Okay. I've had my med card. I used to work at a dispensary in Flagstaff, actually. Oh, yeah? When I was in college, yeah. <laughs> um, I, uh, Brody was great, though. He was on the All Things Comedy episode. <coughs> and, um... From that, we got in front of... How long ago was that? That was 2017? 2018. 2018? October of 2018. That's dope. So, and it went really well. And it was at Stand Up Live. Okay. So. That was the end there? And they already knew us. Because they loved us. I mean, like, one of the one of our biggest supporters has been Casey Courier, who's... He runs... One of the greatest... Tempe Improv. Greatest managers in comedy, yeah. Copper Blues. Yeah. One of the better... Uh, comedy club managers in the biz and um so he um was always in our corner and mm-hmm. uh the guys over at stand up live really enjoyed our show and they always wanted us to move over there because they wanted to have something on a weekly basis and um so from the all things comedy thing we kind of took that momentum and uh i took that into 2019 and where i um I met, uh, I opened for Pauly Shore, and uh, the guy that featured for him worked at the comedy store, and I said, hey, man, I'd love to get into the comedy store with this show, and he had seen the show, and he was like, dude, yeah, you guys should do that. Why don't you email this person, CC when was me. That? This was early, this was last January. Who was opening for him? Was it Frank? Me, me and, uh, no, Brenton Biddlecombe. Oh, I don't know. You know Frank, uh, who, Castillo? Castillo, yeah, no, yeah, yeah. I've worked with them a bunch, too, though, but no. Yeah, I know uh, Frank because I met him when he opened here for Andrew Santino. Oh, yeah. And then, yeah, we've just been kind of like Instagram buddies since then. He's the man. Yeah, he I had, like Frank a lot. He's, he's got one of the best This Week Sucks moments ever. He kicked Frank? That, he was on stage when we kicked out Franz Ferdinand. Really? Yeah. No shit. Yeah. Damn, that's crazy. They said, take me out, and we said, okay. Yeah, Frank like encouraged me like hardcore when I met him. He's like, yeah, fucking go do it, dude. Get on stage. Because I was like, oh, I'm thinking about like trying comedy, which is probably a douchey thing to say when you meet a comedian that you just saw. Well, that's what all comedians will say. They'll but say, just was, go do it. Yeah. You know, well, there's literally nothing else to say. But he was super nice about it, and yeah, I talked I to him for probably like nice. 15 minutes. Yeah, and, like, yeah. He was just such a fucking cool guy. He's one of the best. One of the one of the great hangs. Frank Castillo, but um, no, Brenton Biddlecombe, uh, who actually just recently moved on from the comedy store, but he, he vouched for the show, got us at the comedy store, and then um, there was a conversation with, um, probably around the same time, actually, with the owners of uh, Stand Up Live and uh, CB Live and stuff like that, and they wanted the show at Stand Up Live, and uh, they could give us more money and a little bit better vis- visibility uh, with the show, and so I kind of heard that and i said yeah let's do that and so i kind of ran with that and um got a good good deal money wise and um better exposure and we kind of maxed that out over this past year and um so that's how we got to stand up live and then getting into the comedy store my my goal was to get more of a regular uh thing going at the comedy store and so i got us there last year and uh, it's done well every time as far as audience uh, reaction and audience uh, people showing up. We've and you've been in uh, were you in the belly room? In the belly room, okay. yeah. So all you need in the belly room is like I think it's like it's eighty, like fifty people. 80 yeah, 50, people? 50 50's packed, yeah. Okay, but I think you could pack like eighty in there. And uh, so you know, and we pack that out every time, and um, it's very well received, and the comics like it, and the you know the door guys usually like it too. We know all the door guys; they've all been on our shows 
typically when they're in Phoenix bullshitting on other stuff. Yeah. So um, kind of just ride the, those waves. That's one thing. One skill set that I definitely have is understanding like how to utilize all these different avenues to be able to maximize either visibility or like um, just kind of pushing it to the next level. I don't like standing standing still with nothing. So uh, at the end of the day, Phoenix was definitely the place where it started, but I hope it's not the place where it dies also. Right. So like... It should be in LA. The show should exist on a larger scale, and uh, and I was also moving to LA anyway, so it like timed out perfectly. We're moving to LA, and yeah, how long were you planning on moving? Or uh, so has I, that been your goal since you started comedy, like most people? Or uh, yeah, it was something that I definitely understood would had to probably happen eventually. Yeah, but uh, I pushed it and I pushed it, but it was probably in the middle of the year. I had to get another lease, and I just got a six month lease, and I realized I was like, I'm probably just gonna get this, and then I'll plan accordingly so that kind of timed out perfectly and then also to move uh, move there and have the show um being at the comedy store on yeah. a monthly basis is like it just makes sense can i ask you like uh like what's that like like did you sign like a deal with them for like six months of shows like six shows or three shows or like you're, so, you're there for a full year yeah or? so it's uh it's th- the first three dates of the three first three months of the year and um, at the end of the day, it's us. It's a prove it type thing, but so you like got three we shows it, to prove it. But we proved it all last year, so right. I'm not too worried about it. And I know that um, we have already been able to prove it on worse time slots. So they gave us a better time slot. So we were at 10:30 on a Sunday in the past, and we would pack that shit out. And now we're at eight. If I had been on at a eight, Sunday, yeah, which is 10:30 on a Sunday is just tough. Yeah, that was like a hey, see, see what you want to do if you like yeah. this. It was like kind of a throwaway yeah. date, and, and that's uh, why I couldn't really ever go to your show because it's ten thirty on a Thursday, right. and I'm like, I got meetings at eight a.m., bro. Yeah, like right. I'm like, I can't fucking. Your yeah, last man. show I was there. I was out to like I don't know twelve, and I was like the next day I was like fuck. <laughs> like I was like, yeah. It's a, it was a fun show for uh, industry people in the restaurant industry. Um, yeah, would come after their shifts and stuff. But like eight that. sounds dope. Eight is good, and yeah. it. Uh, we moved it at eight here in Phoenix. It didn't. It wasn't as well received, which is weird. But um, it also just run its course in Phoenix too. It's like, what else are you gonna do? I'm doing. I'm, my mentality was I'm in all the right actions in the wrong market, and um, it just didn't make sense to just be here anymore. That's so, fair. Yeah, but it is a damn good place to start. Like yeah. I started here, and I've accomplished some things. I've gotten on local television. Yeah, big time. Um, I got to do a couple roasts. Like I did a roast for Shane Doan. Um, I did. You were on the Shane Doan roast. That's yeah. pretty fucking cool. I crushed that roast. Yeah, yeah. Me and Earl Skakel really brought it on that one. I remember when that was happening. I was like, that sounds fucking cool. I was the only local. Really? Yeah. That's awesome, man. Yeah, and uh, and did you start doing comedy in Phoenix? I'm sorry. Did you yeah, yeah. say that? Yeah, yeah. I started in 2012 here at Stand Up okay. Gasto. Yeah. See, I was still in fucking college then, 2012. Mm-hmm. Yeah, were you at, at NAU? Yeah. So I graduated 2013. Okay. They didn't have any like they got comedy up there, but it's not like crazy. I know JC have up there. like one mic a month or one like mic a week right now, but I never heard anything. But uh, honestly, that's not what I was into. And in school, I was hardcore writing movies and filming shit and yeah. editing. I mean, that was. All I did, like, I mean, I'd sit in the editing room on campus till like two a.m. and shit, really? editing short films and, um, 
And yeah, I mean, that's like when I graduated college, like I wanted to move to LA so bad, but like financially it wasn't like realistic. You know, I was like, I have a dog. I fucking have bills to pay. Like I don't oh, yeah. fucking know what to do in LA. It's not gonna be not gonna be cheap. And then and then like I've never really let go of that. Like I've always been like, I wanna move to LA, I wanna move to LA. But for me it's always been like I wanna fucking work in the film industry, I wanna work in the film industry. But now like as I've gotten older, I'm like, I can make my own fucking films. Like I can yeah. make my own short films and do my own shit. And then comedy for me was just like like uh it was like kind of like I was like I've always been a comedian. Like that's just like always been my personality. Shit talking, fucking posting roast shit on Facebook. Like my yeah. whole Facebook is just satirical bullshit that I'm like, look how fucking stupid this is in the news. <laughs> you know, like look how dumb these people are. Right. Like I just I love like posting contradictions and like pointing shit out and like fucking making stupid jokes like i've always been that person big like, on the 9-11 jokes it's like oh yeah i love 9-11 jokes yeah it's a great it's an inside job bro. i did those uh i did those in new york it was pretty fun did you they went over really well yeah i'm interested to somebody see came up to me afterwards they were like i've seen a lot of people try to do 9-11 jokes in new york shut up that was the first time i saw people laugh that's awesome and i was like thanks man maybe <laughs> i shouldn't was, be that prideful. maybe it took long enough you know yeah 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 they maybe they did forget but uh <laughs> Yeah, the uh Yeah, it's uh the I mean if you get into it though, you I mean you got to just got to do it at the right time. It seems like this is probably the right time for you. A little different headspace than when you were in your college years. Yeah, I think so. I mean, and I have shit to say now. Like, you know, it's like I have a different perspective on everything, like life in general. Mm-hmm. Um I mean, honestly, like just make sure you're, they're structured jokes. That's my make big sure punchlines. Yeah, I, I feel like I'm. I feel like I studied comedy well enough to know how to like structure a solid joke. It's tough, but it's people don't know. Six months into it, I'm like, yeah, my first fucking five minutes was garbage, and I'm sure the five minutes I'm doing now, I will feel the same way in three months, and you know, go from there. You yeah. know what I mean? You consume a lot of kind, con- like you watch a lot of stand up. Absolutely, yeah, yeah. I watch most of the stand up specials that come out on Netflix. Like watch Burr. Um, I mean, just this year, I fucking probably watched 30 stand-up specials, you know? Really? I just watched all the Degenerates. Oh, they came another another one? Mm-hmm. With Who's Nikki, on it? Nikki Glaser. I love Nikki. Um, fucking, I just watched it earlier. Oh, my God. Nobody memorable. Nikki Glaser. No, they are. I just you smoked, only remember the cute blonde? I smoked too much weed. I'm a big fan of Nikki Glaser. I think she's fucking hilarious. I got to open for her last year. One of the cooler people I've worked with. Really? Yeah. D- Degenerate season two. Uh, my favorite one is Jim Norton. Oh, Jim Norton. Miss Pat. Uh, Donnell Rawlings. Oh, Robert Kelly. Robert Kelly and Donna Rawlings. I had never smasher. heard this lady before, but I guess she's opening. She's opening for like Burt right now. Adrian oh, I've heard she's La great. Pellucci. I just heard. I heard her name recently. Just yeah, because of that, I heard she's great. Yeah, that's yeah, some classic just, uh, big hitters though. They just released this uh, literally a week ago. They all just do thirty. Uh, they're actually all twenty. Interesting. Yeah, Jim Norton. I love Jim Norton. He's so fucking perverted and weird, dude. Donna Rawlings is a killer. Yeah. And I think, like, as, like, I think that's, like, what I try to focus on my first six months is, like, finding out, like, what am I going to fucking say on stage that's different than people? Like, what's my fucking voice like? You know what I mean? Like, 
Yeah. And I've come to find there's so many different fucking people. There's so many different styles of comedy. Like, But there's a lot of people that are saying the same shit. Absolutely. Yeah. You just got to figure out your own lane and uh, look within and do your own thing. Like For that's sure. what uh That's my, my first year and a half, maybe two years, um, was concentrated on getting up on stage as much as I could to be comfortable in my own skin. Right. So that's all it was. So that's why I got up on stage so often my first year is just whenever I could, boom, 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 boom. Just do it, do it, do it, do it. Yeah. Um, because the quicker I could get to that point where I'm comfortable on stage, the quicker I could try to figure out what I want to do up there. Yeah. And that's a that's a big thing. Just You're Being just always so uncomfortable. Yeah. I mean, it's an uncomfortable thing inherently. Yeah. You're on stage in front of people that paid to see comedy. There's a microphone attached to an amp that has your voice in it. There's a light that's just shining on you and yeah. everybody else in the dark and told to shut the fuck up. Yeah. Go be funny. Yeah. It's like a crazy thing. So it's like inherently very uncomfortable. Oh, so yeah. So once you can get a, get comfortable in that discomfort, then you can really figure stuff out. Yeah. Mentally, so. like I told myself, like my first year will just be getting comfortable on stage and fucking... Making sure no matter where I go, whatever fucking venue it is, I feel comfortable grabbing the mic and fucking being up there. Yeah. Because it's like, it's a lot yeah, of you'll just... You'll be in some shit shows. Yeah. I mean, I've definitely already bombed several times where I'm just like, yeah, that was fucking terrible. Oh, like, yeah. you know? And uh, I feel like all those times I'm like, this just has to happen. Like, it just has to, like, I have to fucking feel what it's like to have a silence for five minutes. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? Like... I mean, yeah, control the silence. And I totally get why people give up. Like, I get it. Like, it's like, more people should give up. People, I always say that. Like, I totally get why it's like, oh yeah, it's fucking terrible. Like, it's like, it's like, yeah, but it's, it's not gonna also like be awesome all the time. I don't get how more people don't give up. Yeah, that's fair. Where you just watching them and you're like, this is what you want to do five nights a week. This doesn't seem. Very fun. I feel like um, I'm glad you said that because a lot of people I talk to don't want to say anything negative at all about other people. And I like will freely say I have watched some people that I'm like, I don't know why they want to do comedy. Yeah. Or I don't know why they think. Like I've seen, I mean, I've seen people do the same jokes eight weeks in a row. Mm -hmm. And I'm just like, why do you keep saying that? it never works though. Yeah. I'm like, why do you keep saying that? Like what in your head? Like, you know, I'm like, I get it. If that's like, you're just trying to work it out, whatever. Like, it takes time. But I'm like, there's nothing in there that's it, even a joke. It hasn't elicited a positive reaction once. Yeah. Right. If anything, people are pretty angry. <laughs> right. Yeah. People are, that's the other thing, too. You watch people and they're not self-aware enough to understand what's going on when right. they say or do certain things. Because that's the biggest skill set in comedy is being self-aware. Right. Understanding what you're doing in the moment is affecting people in what way or how. Yeah. And then, because once you real, if you understand that, then you can understand kind of the flow of jokes and, or you can understand when certain things don't work, why they didn't work, what you were doing. But self-awareness is like key. And a lot of those people that just keep bombing, bombing, and bombing, they lack self-awareness so much that they don't understand how bad this experience is. Not only for them, it should be way worse for them. Yeah. But they're so naive or like blinded by some level of stupidity that operates within them that they don't understand how bad it is, not only for them, but for everybody around them. For sure. And so, um, 
And then there's too many people when you get off stage that are like, man, that was so brave what you did. Or like, that was really cool, man. Super fun or whatever. It's like, what? Yeah. That was horrible. Yeah. And you don't have to say that was horrible, but don't lie and say it was great. Yeah. That's the weird thing. People are always like, good set. You don't have to say good set. If I never told you good set, I didn't think it was a good set. Yeah. If I told you good set, you had a good set, in my opinion. Right. But a lot of people just people say just to say every it. single person who gets yeah. off stage. People are weak. Right. Yeah, and it's, I mean, people have, a, like, a real hard time with criticism and honesty. And I think that's, like... But they demand it from their politicians. Part, yeah, right. Yeah. Part of it, I think, is just a pure age thing in that sense of, like... I mean, yeah, and I know you got to go in, like, 20 minutes, right? Uh, you're good. Yeah, yeah, we're fine, though. Cool. Uh, I think a lot of it's just, like, an age thing in that regard, like... I mean, I've had, I've had so many different experiences, like in my professional world, mm-hmm. like of jobs, of like getting fired from a job, getting in trouble doing shit at jobs, right? Like having like serious meetings where other people get fired, or right? Like shit like that, where it's like, uh, I feel like a lot of people, especially like the younger comics I've met, have never been in like situations that are like like serious situations like in life like do you know what i mean yeah or like just uh where like your performance matters to other people right where like your job performance affects how the company looks <laughs> right or, like you know shit like yeah, that yeah, yeah. just some like high stake shit right like yeah. I, think, I don't think a lot of people they've all got a resume with like 14 different jobs and none of them mattered and shit like that right and there's a reason they're doing comedy because they were just laid off and they've got some free time Right. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's true. I, d- I think uh, that's fair. Or some of them haven't, have have experienced those situations but didn't have the right perspective to be able to understand the that's gravity fair. of them. And there's a reason that they'll never experience it again because people wouldn't put them in that situation. Yeah. And so, yeah. I have met, like, a handful of people who are clearly... Prob- do- borderline schizophrenic? Oh, Jesus. Mentally <laughs> ill, probably. Mentally ill, yeah. But, no, I was going to say... Um, kind of just more infatuated with um the word of like being a comedian rather oh, than yeah. wanting to like be funny and do right. comedy as like something they love doing like i think there's a lot of kids out here doing open mics that are like i want to be the next fucking joe rogan and like it's all just kind of like a pipe dream for them they're not trying to put in the work they they don't really take it seriously like i like, I take comedy seriously, yeah. and I think that's part of just me listening to podcasts and listening to comedians be like, fucking respect the art form. Like, fucking yeah. don't get up and on stage and make other comedians look like fucking retards, because you're we're not the only, we're the only people seriously. We're the only people that have no agenda, other right. than our agenda. Right. But, which I guess so, technically they got an agenda, <laughs> but like... We're not paid by other people to say certain things. You're listening to these people on, you know, whether it's YouTube or NBC and shit like that. There's somebody telling them these are the opinions they have to have. We're actually out here just fucking talking shit. Right. About all of it and adding perspective. And, uh, yeah, you got to respect that. And some people don't, uh, some open micers that you see don't deserve that level of uh, platform. (laughs) Their opinion is so fucking whacked out. I hope they never pop off. But That's they never sure will. Too. They never will. A lot of them never will. It's crazy. There's a lot of open micers, though. But, yeah, it definitely is is something that it takes. Res- you have to respect the craft to do it, and also you should respect the craft to appreciate it the right way, too. 
Yeah. That's why that's why these nine eleven jokes hit different. <laughs> these are just such you know buildings don't fall like that. <laughs> Tower seven, bro. Yeah, building seven. <laughs> Look it up. A lot of people don't know that fell that day. They don't. You're right. I'm a, I love conspiracy theories and all that shit, so What's your favorite? My favorite conspiracy theory? Um I mean my favorite one is like that we didn't go to the moon. That's a good one. That's like my favorite. Did you like, watch Room 237? Uh-uh. No. What is that? It's a, a documentary about how people analyze The Shining. Have you oh, you've okay. seen The Shining, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm a big film buff, so. Okay. So there are, you haven't seen this? Uh-uh. So I've probably but heard you've it also before. heard the have you heard the perspective that Kubrick used The Shining to tell the world that he did the moon landing. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, so mm-hmm. that so they break down that theory. Okay, and then the, but there's a couple other ones that are a little loosey goosey. Uh, but like why? Like he changed the room two thirty seven was not in the book. Okay, but the moon, the distance from Earth to the moon is two hundred thirty seven thousand miles. miles. Yeah. Okay. And then uh, and then the the tile, see, and like in the carpet. Yeah. Right. So, um, it is, uh, shaped like a hexagon, which is the shape of the, uh, l- the, the shuttle, the shuttle land, yeah, where they would, where they would depart from I'm in Houston. I'm going to fucking watch this tonight, dude. And then the kid, <laughs> what's the kid's name? Not Jack, John, uh, uh, the little boy. Yeah, the little boy. Is it Jack? Uh, well, either way, he, he has a sweater on in, Danny. oh, Danny, of course it's Danny. Wait, why is it a kid from the, like, like I know. Charlie and Chocolate Factory. Uh, so Danny is wearing a shirt uh, that says the Apollo 11 on. He's wearing it. the and Apollo he stands 11 shirt. Up, he stands up on the, and then there's like a bunch of little things. Where I have heard so about a handful of this. I uh, maybe I have watched this before. It's it's so. First of all, I would say I've that the majority of it is kind a of stupid. Lot of blunts and watch it, documentaries. It's, it's more of a movie about film theory. Okay. And the routes that people can take in film theory, right? Like, what does this movie mean? Oh, dude, people go psychotic about that shit. So that's dude. really, it's really a movie about that. But there's also like interesting, uh, like the 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 moon landing one is the only one that even has any level of. Uh, that's uh, pretty great. Oh, it's a great one. I'm fa- have to I don't know if that. we. Did, I don't know if that was the moon landing. I'll tell you what. I don't. I think that we've been on the moon. I don't know if that was the one. What I would say is that if it was the first time we were ever on the moon, it was very well rehearsed and produced. Yeah. Like that's fair. the fact that he said like all those perfect things like yeah. one small step Yeah, for like man. that type of shit and one like giant leap for man. <laughs> yeah, it was like there's no editing and shit. Yeah. They're just they just literally traveled through space and like these motherfuckers but, are just ready for this but moment. But also it's like yeah, it's like It's insane. Those, like, those, why those do you say that? If we landed on the moon and that was me, I'd be like, "Guys, this is fucking crazy." Right, right, right. Like, right? Like I'd be like, "I don't want to go out there first. I don't want to Dude, you do it. You go out there first. Like, and you know what I mean? It, well, th- yeah, that's true. I think they knew who was going to go out there. Though. Like, a real conversation, though, would be, like, why are you making a weird speech? Like, you, like, <laughs> that's why you're a politician. You'd be the worst astronaut. Oh, I'd be terrible. <laughs> but I, uh, that, that's just why. Also, Windy Day on the Moon. Flag was really good one. Oh, yeah. Some of the shit, I mean, Joe but they Rogan's said there's talked a about it on his podcast so many times, like, 
the way the dude falls over and stands back up and like it's like yeah all this weird stuff it's all very bizarre and they like remade it with wires and they're like look this is exactly how you would do this and like so they say when, gravity. When, when jack went into room 237 <laughs> is when he lost his he when he when he saw the woman turn into the old lady, yeah, in The Shining, and then when he left, he had lost his mind, and that is the moment that he was told what he had to do for the government, Stanley Kubrick, and then he left, and he had oh lost a, not only lost his mind but lost his credibility with his peers and stuff like that. It was wild. It's a it's an That's interesting great, perspective on The Shining. I love how people piece all this shit together over like oh. dissecting a movie that's thirty years old. It's nuts. It is nuts. But uh, the internet has given so many outlets to how much free time people have. It's it's amazing. It's wild. I watch. I crush a Wait, movie. So I was like, uh, "What's your favorite conspiracy theory?" Oh, I always love. Uh, I mean, the JFK stuff is interesting. the The nine eleven stuff to me is always just like. Sometimes I I think it's weird that people sometimes lump it in like conspiracies and stuff like that. It's like all I say about like I combine JFK and nine eleven a lot because. One thing I'll say about both those things is we as a public. So if you if you uh, tallied a poll of all Americans right now and asked them if they think that we were told the complete truth with how our president was shot in 1963 in Dallas, the majority of people would say no. Yeah. I would say it'd be an alarming amount. It might be like 90%, 80, 50, 85, 90%. Yeah. Like, th- or like yeah, I think we were lied to. That's insane to me. We, th- we were lied to about the murder of our president yeah and knowing that there's more evidence that we don't know as a public but also understanding that maybe we don't need that evidence there's things we shouldn't know i get that yeah but just knowing that we know that that wasn't how it went down yeah and then i would say that 50 years removed from 9-11 right in 2040 or whatever yeah we could do that same poll and people would be like They'd be like, yeah, we know that we were lied to about certain things. Yeah. Like, the Building 7 thing to me is always just like, that thing just collapsed. The Building 7 thing is <laughs> the most... That's all I ever tell people. It's, like, it's just the go most apparent. Like, dude, it wasn't two buildings that fell down. It was three. One. And Yeah. And like, it free fell. And w- the third one just fell and no one cares. Everyone's like, that's crazy. <laughs> it's it's like, like, no, it's insane. It's literally, it never happens. And they it would say be it was like, from internal fires. Never in the history of buildings. It's never happened. Has anything collapsed? It would be like, like if that. My, dude, houses don't even fall down like that. Right. Meth labs explode and the walls of houses stay standing. And then, like, there's so many different things. There's just evidence that you have to look at. And, um,. <laughs> That's all I say. Like, I don't know. I'm not sitting here and saying, like, George Bush did 9-11. I don't think that's... I'm not naive enough to think that it's just that black and white. Like... Oh, yeah. It's not that. All I'm saying is we were lied to. Oh, That's for all sure. I'm saying is we've been blatantly lied to. Oh, what they sure. What they tell us happened didn't happen. And uh, it's just interesting to me. But I. But then you get all heated and you're just talking about this shit and you're like, what are you, what, what, can, what can we do? Well, I could talk about it in public. Yeah. And like, you know, just probe people. Yeah. That's all I like doing. Oh yeah. I like just throwing it in people's faces and like, really like the last show we did, I did all the nine 11. I did you like did so four or five minutes. Jokes, yeah. yeah. I did like four or five minutes Yeah, on it, but that's it's really I, just me ranting about, that's literally just the things that I think yeah. sometimes. That's why I like bringing up like the Epstein didn't kill himself shit. And like Ricky Gervais just said it. I like the golden that. Globes. Oh, that was great. 
is just so savage. And it's like, yeah. It's like, are we going to stop talking about this? Like, d- dude didn't kill himself. Like, it's like. <laughs> I know. This guy was running a billionaire pedophile sex island. Which is nutty. And no one cares. And like, then he's like, you see, he's a. No he's, one cares. He's probably was a uh, spy. You yeah, see all that stuff? weird shit. Like so he's like connected to Israeli and all this weird stuff. Israeli government. Yeah, and then I think they said maybe potentially the British government both had him working um, both those angles. And I watched the Americans nuts, and they're like, "That's probably that yeah." Could, and that, he's that, like that, that tied in down. with like the prince, Prince Harry or Prince George, Prince or Andrew. The fuck. So prince he Andrew. take a picture of Prince Andrew with a sixteen or seventeen year old. Uh-huh. That's the thing. So the the thing that does make sense is there's all these weird pictures just with men and these younger women yeah and yeah that makes sense that they would have those photos to blackmail to blackmail people yeah and to make them do and whatever it's almost they like cultish it's like if you want into the club Bang we gotta take some we gotta take some pictures of you banging oh, yeah. an underage girl well, it's like skull and bones and stuff like that you hear those those, yeah. those guys all did things that they know like a lot of them did some homosexual activities with some people in the their what is it called uh um, you know, when the initiation and shit like that, yeah. Um, or even throughout it, that they probably wouldn't want the whole world to know about, yeah. Um, but they're in the skull and bones for life, and nobody's gonna talk about it unless you fuck around and say some shit. So it's like that's a blackmail too. Yeah. Oh man, I wish I was in skull and bones. So it's weird cult should've, shit. Should have done Yale. But should've yeah, done Yale. <clears throat> it's some wild shit. I always loved. I just like thinking critically about things i think sometimes yeah. it's like um just questioning you we know that they've we've been lied to why wouldn't yeah. they lie about this thing and that thing yeah. just question some stuff and honestly though i think uh critical thinking is like a dying art form in our society so 100 percent. yeah the they well they don't want a country filled with people capable of critical thought oh no i mean that's why our education system's terrible it's horrible if i we, mean it's if like in the book like 1984 and shit it's like it's you, if you don't want the population to become smarter than the government you keep them dumber than the government you control the education yeah and you don't give them all the information they need to like put these pieces together and like you treat them like morons and it's that's how the world works. Control the information, control the education. That's yeah. what our government is doing right now. Yeah. But we live in a democracy. And that's why our society's kind of like in this weird flux right now because the uh, internet's kind of changing all of that. It's not. Yeah. I mean, it used to be the president did a radio broadcast on, and I studied radio. I got my degree in electronic media. Shout and out film. to FDR. So I studied radio. I studied, like, you know, the Titanic sinking changed radio forever. Yeah. Like, shit like that. Really? Yeah, because it, it changed the way we have radio operations. It changed the way signals are generated. It changed the way timing is structured. Like, the Titanic wouldn't have sank if the radio operator didn't leave five minutes prior to them releasing their SOS call. Oh, really? Yeah, there, there's no one there to get their call. If there would have been, there would have been boats there in a couple hours and it would have saved everyone. Oh, wow. But radio failed and that failed the Titanic that day. And that can never happen again. They changed Damn, all the laws. People just blame that iceberg. Right. And it's, it's really because after 8 p.m. or something, no one was required to be on the radio because at night it was Nothing just went down. It was a blackout period. Yeah. And now there's 
there aren't any blackout periods. It's crazy. I didn't know that. Wow. Yeah. So that's Tempe. There's some blackout periods. <laughs> right. <laughs> but um. Uh, but yeah, it's like it's like uh, crazy shit like that. Just like I don't even remember what the fuck we were talking about now. Conspiracies. <laughs> Conspiracies. But uh, yeah, I love I love all that shit. I, I like diving deep into ridiculous. Uh, just ridiculous. Oh, I was saying YouTube how it's changed now. The president used to do one radio broadcast. Oh yeah, communication like a week with or a internet, month, yeah. and that was the only time you heard from the president. If yeah. you didn't, you would have to read the newspaper that it was printed word for well, word. We in. don't. We don't hear from our current president a lot. And, uh, yeah, we do. Fucking <laughs> <laughs> tweets a hundred times a day. I like to think he's taking a shit while he's. Did you see his tweet that was like, "My Twitter is now an official message to Congress." To let them know about these war acts. He's not wrong. <laughs> he straight up said he's like, I, I we can pull it up. It was like Congress should take this as official word. He's amazing. One of the funniest people alive. Donald Trump. <laughs> My tweets count as official notification to Congress. Oh, because he's saying. These media postal service notification to the Congress that I should, that should strike Iran. That. If Iran strike any U.S. person, the United States will quickly and fully strike back and perhaps in a disproportionate manner. Did you just read? He did that today? That was two days ago. Did you read? Uh, do you follow the news and shit? Yeah. Iraq just bombed yeah. our military base. In, I saw that. Uh, Iran, no, Iran, bombed, Iran in Iraq. bombed in Iraq. Tomorrow should be lit. So, yeah, your show is going to have a lot of material by the time uh We'll pretty much be covering there. a war. Yeah, pretty much. I mean, it is uh, wild stuff. I was actually shocked it took him this long to get into a war, but this makes sense. It's pretty wild, man. It's not as wild. I mean, when you really think about it, he's. I thought he was, he would have started a war right away. Yeah, I mean. But you don't want to be a wartime president, but now he's starting a war to become a wartime president. My biggest issue with it is people are like, I can't believe this is happening. And I'm like, Obama did the same shit. I know. Like, I'm like, he what do you mean? so many people. Every president we've had does this exact same well, shit. People are so dumb. They don't understand that the people that they root for, it's like all fucked up in the lens. Obama was a dirty dog. And I'll tell you who loves war and who would have gotten us stayed in, in war the whole time was Hillary. Hillary. Hillary loves war. <laughs> yeah, I just saw a meme it's earlier like, that, that was like, this is supposed to be my war, and it's Hillary crying. <laughs> yeah, 100%. <laughs> it's wild. Like, uh, people don't people don't take a step back and think about things critically like that. Right. Like, maybe the thing that I voted for wasn't that much different than the thing that's currently in office. This one's just more vocal, and he doesn't give a fuck what you think. Yeah, and I kind of like thought, it. The other one's kind of cared what you think yeah. this dude doesn't give a fuck. i like that trump doesn't care what people think and i like that he talks shit to other world leaders like my biggest issue in the obama presidency was that iran deal and i follow politics like semi-closely more than most people yeah and like that iran deal we had with them of like you don't make nuclear weapons and we give you two billion dollars it was like the most bullshit fucking deal really ever it's just like why would we like, they signed a piece of paper, and we literally just gave them cash. Right. And it's like, that they're, they're people who we've called terrorists for decades. And right. it's like, what the fuck? Yeah. I know that was a big uh, talking point. I never dove too deep into that, but I know that there's a level of uh, shit that Obama did that wasn't... It's just all I mean, so sketchy. he was a cool motherfucker, though. Oh, yeah. 
that's the thing that people Obama forget. Obama's like, dope. Really he's just, like out playing basketball yeah, with people. He's cool. Like, I'm cool with Obama. Yeah, I don't give a fuck, dude. I don't. I don't want to be president. I'd smoke weed with Obama anytime, any day. Yeah, Bush. Bush was the homie. Yeah, I kick with George. That Bush. scene in Harold and Kumar when they like smoke weed with George Bush. Yeah, it's the funniest fucking shit, dude. Classic film. It's so fucking funny. But uh, yeah, we just gotta. I mean, this dude's just a gangster up there. Trump. He is, man. I definitely didn't vote for him, um, but I might on the second ta- time around. Yeah, yeah, it's interesting. I don't know. the 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 funny thing is, the Democrats have not provided a candidate that is worth a damn. No, and that's really all. my biggest issue. I crazy. didn't want to vote for him or Hillary. Yeah, Hillary was not a good candidate. Um, One of the worst candidates. You know how bad of a candidate she was. She lost to him. Yeah, but people are like, oh, she was a great candidate. I, I think you're wrong. I think you're yeah. entirely wrong. She was robotic. She was like the Manchurian candidate. She was terrible. She was like very, just like stone. Well, then this time around, like people are like, well, it's gonna be Joe Biden or Bernie. And I'm like, does everyone forget four years ago when the DNC like came out and it was a huge investigation they that fucked they over fucked Bernie. over Bernie? I know that's and now big- Bernie's like, I want to run again, and it's uh, like, dude. The people who literally shot you in the kneecaps are like, oh, you can do it again. It's wild. Like, I'm like, this is retarded, guys. Like, this is like, we're having this weird popularity contest for no reason. Like, it's like this whole, it's, it doesn't matter. It's None all, of it fucking matters. It's all too, the thing is that they'll, they'll always have the advantage over us is it's all too complex to really understand fully. Yeah. So you just got to like. I don't know. You got to take it like, because they just keep throwing new shit at you every day. Every day. It's like, you're pissed about that the other day. Well, what about this today? And then you don't yeah. even remember about the other thing. So it's like, we're already moved on from Epstein, which yeah. is crazy because like we, nobody really cared. No one cared. We cared enough to make memes about it. no one cares it. because the people who run the media and the government, there's a lot of pedophiles in there. Right. I mean, the whole so thing. we move on from things quickly. All the th- all the Epstein shit said to me is there are more pedophiles on this planet than I thought there was. Like, I thought a pedophile was like a, like a unicorn. Yeah. Like, it was like, oh, yeah, they exist, but, like, oh, no, when do you see one? They're out there. But it's like, no, there's a pedophile in, like, every corporation in the world. Yeah. Like, that's, like, what Epstein showed us. Like, yeah. It's wild. There's been pedophiles. There's probably less pedophiles now than Kevin Spacey's was. one. <laughs> I like, don't know if he's still actively fucking young boy. But he but did at some point. He definitely fucked around in the eighties. Eighties were weird for a lot of people, though. Oh yeah. I mean, Hall and Oates, you know, stuff like that. But I mean, gay people weren't even accepted until the late nineties, and that was still like that's an Ellen Lester coming sitcom. from two guys in Arizona. It's still frowned upon. It's still you know very I mean? <laughs> non-kosher. <laughs> but uh, <laughs> Jesus, I uh, I don't know. It's wild. Yeah, the, the John Bootygig or Pete Bootygig. Speaking of gay men, he can't win. Yeah, you think he's going to put a, a gay man against Trump? Right. That's ridiculous. Yeah, dude, and like it's only a matter of time until half of these Congress people get me tooed and shit. Like it's already happening. Yeah. But it's like there's some weird stuff going on all the time. It's wild shit. It's surprising nothing's come out on Trump other than like the whole grab grabber by the pussy thing, which wasn't even that bad. It's just like a line of dialogue he said. I would I would never say that though. That was the cra- the craziest thing about that it's is like people are like oh, it's locker room talk. I've been in a lot of locker rooms. I've never heard a guy say that's that shit before. That is a nutty you thing. And I, don't, right I, would, by the pussy. I would not fuck with that dude on a real level if he did say that. Right. 
That's always and then, a like, weird, a like, real conversation. If like by the pussy. This is, like, the first time ever that, I mean, people don't know this, but I don't really know you. Um, this is the first time I've ever had, like, a real conversation with you. Yeah. And if I was just sitting here, like, dude, Mike, you just gotta grab her by the pussy, bro. You probably leave like, be like that dude, guy's fucking crazy. You're nuts, <laughs> like, I just met your like, wife and dog. What the fuck's going right. on, dude? I'm like, out of here, dude. You're like, I'm never coming back here. Yeah, what the hell's going on? <laughs> right. Uh, yeah. No, no, it's locker room. Talk, yeah, yeah, dude. yeah. Locker room. You're like, talk. no, no one says that. I don't ever say that, and that's why I always said to people to men, <laughs> men that voted for him with daughters. I was, I was just like. But then you really look at it and like Hillary Clinton's not that great of a re- example of somebody to be if you're raising a daughter either. It's like yeah, no. If you're a good woman and somebody publicly humiliates you by cheating on you by getting their dick sucked on the job, and it, it becomes the biggest news piece in the world, you should stay with them. And they're still like married. imagine they're imagine still married. imagine raising your daughter to believe that that's <laughs> that's how you should operate. And he was gonna be the first man. If she got elected, I like first I'm one ever. Big, big Bill guy for sure. Oh yeah, Bill Clinton's the man. <laughs> I think it's awesome. I think it's hilarious that he got impeached for lying about Monica Lewinsky, and people are like Trump shouldn't be impeached for whatever the fuck he he did. And I'm like, but, but Bill got a blowjob. Yeah, it's not that we bad. Lied about it. Like what? Talk about standards. <laughs> like, I mean, he tried to manipulate. Using a foreign country, manipulate uh, the election. Yeah, yeah, which seems pretty bad in my opinion. Yeah, it's pretty bad. Yeah, that might be the worst thing. But uh, somebody can get a blowjob. I always say, apparently, all, it's a lot. I didn't know that this better than a blowjob. Well, the thing that is crazy to me, like if I was ever to become president, I would definitely make it a disclaimer within my contract that I was I would were to receive a blowjob once a day. Right. I think that'd be important. I can't be like making world impacting decisions with the, just a full load. You know what right. I mean? Like I should probably get one blowy a day. Right. And um, and you're the president. You've I need earned, to. I need to make decisions with a clear mind. You've earned that, in my yeah. opinion. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. Like, you're running the country. I don't know if the first lady's always going to be available for that. Yeah. It's like the whole Robert Kraft thing with him like getting a hand job at like a Asian massage parlor. I'm sure he's got a lot on his mind. It's like that old man could be doing such worse things. I know. Than paying a nice Asian lady to just give right. him a tug a little bit. Hiring like indentured servants yeah. throughout Asia. Or he's something a like fucking that. like billionaire. He could be doing whatever. He could be Jeffrey Epstein. He could be fucking a twelve year old. Right. Yeah. Instead he's getting a handy from a very legal Asian woman. And she agreed to it. Yeah. Many times. Yeah. She even got paid. Yeah. So don't dis- so you're really disrespecting sex workers at this point. <laughs> and uh that's not very I'm a libertarian. I think uh it should be legal. I think if that's the line of work you want to do. Sex work? Cool. Oh yeah. hundred percent. Yeah, I was I just think prostitution should be fun. legal. Yeah. I don't see why not. Yeah. I agree. I think a lot of people would be less frustrated if it was. There would be a lot less weirdos. A lot of things should be in legal. my opinion. Yeah. Yeah. What a time. Yeah, what a time. This might be a good place to wrap this up. It is 8 o'clock. Yeah, should we do it? Yeah. Um, this is great, man. Yeah, man. It was good talking it. to you. Appreciate you coming over. Good luck in L.A. Yeah. Feel free to come back. Um Anytime. Yeah. Appreciate y'all. Michael Turner, look me up. Stalk me on social media. Yeah, one of your dates of your uh, of your shows. If Sundays anybody's in LA, up. yeah, so be I think it's like 
the last Sunday of the next few months. So uh, you got one in January, January twenty sixth, okay. February twenty third, March twenty second. There you go. Uh, the first ones of the twenty twenty year, and uh, we'll keep it moving. So it'll be fun. Nice. Yeah. Got to sell out the shows. Mm-hmm. Pack it out. Three month trial. Come through. Come what happens through. after that? I was going to ask you. I mean, you got a three month trial, and then. So so I mean we pre- kind of it's kind of one of those uh, like I've talked to the people that run shit there and they're cool with me. I was just at the holiday party at the comedy store, so I think nice. we're I think we're good. Okay. Yeah, so I'm not too worried about it. We'll get the, the they just only book out month uh, quarterly. That makes sense. Yeah, so we'll get we'll get it going, and uh, as long as the show wants to continue. You know, we'll keep rocking. And what it does that there. look like? Do you get to start doing spots at the comedy store? Are you gonna try to be like a paid regular eventually? I mean, that's always is that your to, goal. Things to try, yeah. I mean, that's the that's the goal. But the goal is really to entrench myself in the LA scene. I know a lot yeah. of people. I'll be doing don't tell comedy out there. Okay. As well, as still back here. Um. And then while I'm in Los Angeles, um, hopefully you know, find some work within comedy. So I've got um, some lines of communication already in place that, uh, you know, just work on my angles, people I know and stuff like that. But, um, you know, do that and continue to just push with the stand-up and be as good as I can and differentiate myself. You don't got to be the best, but you just got to be unique and you got to be really funny within that 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 lane. And, and likable um, when you get off stage. <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, that helps for sure. Yeah. That definitely helps. And I'm, that's, I'm good at that too. Yeah. For the most part. Um, so yeah, just go out there and keep pushing and, and take the next step and try to be something and be, operate, do, do the right actions in the right market. I know that's if fair. I was doing the same shit I've been doing in Phoenix for the last three years in LA, I'd probably already be, you know, doing some shit. So I've done, the nice thing is I've done roasts out here. I've done, uh. I've written for shows out here. I've created a lot of... I've done a lot of shit in Phoenix um, that I don't think a lot of people have done with this market. And so I'm proud of that and see what I can do out in L.A. Hopefully make sure that I'm doing shit in L.A. that nobody's ever done. Yeah, man. That'll be dope. So, yeah. Good luck to you. Appreciate it, man. I am... didn't get to see you while you were in Phoenix a whole lot, but I caught you on the tail end. So that's the only time that matters. I'll fucking... Uh, I would love to come out and catch a show at the comedy store. That's like always what I've wanted to do is fucking go watch some shit at the comedy store. Like I wish I it's lived in Mecca. LA so I could watch some fucking Wednesday night shows. You know what I mean? Tuesday is the best night. Like yeah. fucking any night with all the killers on it. Yeah. But yeah, man. Good luck. Um, follow Mike online. Catch this week sucks tonight. Yep. At the comedy store in LA. Yep. And uh, we'll keep in touch, man. Twenty twenty. I'll see you next time. Holla. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Later.